Hey fam, what's good? It's me, the Funk Lord, and welcome back to another episode of the Dangot Podcast. My guest today goes by the name of Edis. He's, in my opinion, one of the most musical up-and-coming producers in the disco, new disco, and house scene. Also, he sings well, he plays lots of instruments, he's an overall cool guy. This one is probably one of my top three episodes in terms of energy and flow. We had a great talk, it goes well over an hour. And if you're an artist or a producer that struggles with juggling a job, family and a music career, which is basically all of us, honestly, you need to listen to this podcast because he does it and he does it, in my opinion, pretty good. He works a job, he has a family, has a wife and a kid. And he still manages to rack up, at this point, probably over one and a half million streams on Spotify. At least one over a million. That that's um, that I'm sure 100%. So yeah, we talked about that. We talked about production techniques, workflow approaches, promotion, branding, all of that good stuff. So without further ado, please welcome Edis. You're listening to The Damn Good Podcast with Edward Quart, the go-to resource to help you navigate the murky waters of the new music business. And I like uh, how Cashmere put it because he, he was talking about like, yeah, there are basically like three phases of of uh, yeah being an artist. Like nobody gives a shit about you, nobody knows about you, and then you kind of have something and then you sustain it. And I was thinking like, so where am I? And that... Uh, <laughs> definitely not in sustaining. So um, yeah, definitely right. in the in like the the building up. But phase, if you look but... at Kashmir, he's he's been at the forefront for the last twenty years. Like right. I was listening to like a G six when I was still making like French house Daft Punk stuff or or like uh, beats in FL Studio like two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then like like a G six blew up. It's like this guy produced it, and now he's here <laughs> talking to me. Like, yeah. see the lifespan. Like, compared, like I've been making music for quite a while, though. But I've, he had success when I was still in my in my like baby shoes. Yeah, yeah. Like he said, he bought a house with it. So it's, <laughs> it's like representative of what he did. Of course, he was lucky with the whole setting, and it just blew up instantly. But it's still, it's like it's a cool song even for that time timing is timing is a bitch sometimes man i mean yeah you gotta be at the right place in the right time yeah yeah like i've i've, I've had like plenty of different projects and uh, and this one edis is like my um it's definitely the one where i felt like um i'm doing things that i'm i've never felt more at home in this in any genre before and mm-hmm. uh and also like the the timing seems good for some reason uh yeah it's random but it's uh, the, the whole funk new disco style is just the last few months like i did pop rock for too long way too long like <laughs> that's my background <laughs> and and from like how did you start out so i started out like just Learning how to play the guitar at like eight, I got an electric guitar when I was eleven, you know that sort of thing, and just stayed in my room and played. I just played through. I, I could put on uh, an album of like uh, probably like Blink One Eighty Two and you know stuff like that. <laughs> I love that shit. Punk rock was a big big thing for me, and Foo Fighters. Love that. I even was like into progressive metal and stuff like Dream Theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just came from a or I've, I come from a, like a band background like playing guitar lead singer and um you know i I actually was looking up like what was 
big back then in like the early 2000s and Oh, um, man, that music. <laughs> I don't know, man. There, there's some good music in the 2000s. Definitely, there are some, like Bruno Mars and stuff. Lots of good music, lots of cliche stuff as well, especially for Germany. Like, I can't even remember what, what was cool here in Germany at all. Yeah, I just, I, I, I felt like I'd never kind of found my my thing back then and uh yeah john mayer was a huge inspiration for me so like, definitely i'm so glad for that now because my guitar playing is a lot better if i than if i didn't like love john mayer so how did you how did you find find your way to the funk thing overall um <clears throat> i i think i got it uh well the first time i heard maddie on it was like uh whoa What's this? Right. This is this is different. And you know what? I actually heard him on the radio, the fucking national radio. <laughs> <laughs> They played Mario Icarus, the first one. And from that point, I was like, this is something. I, I And I had no idea how he created that sound. Like, because... Hmm. That's know, strange. Because most of us, like, how did you come with, like, how did you get to funk? Most of us, like, Justice Cross or, like, Def Funk Discovery. I love I, I uh, that know? stuff. I love uh, Justice Cross was definitely, like, a huge, like... It's kind of right. the same thing where how did they make the sound? Um, Have you seen the the masterclass? Yeah. That they did? They just did a masterclass like two, two weeks ago on Mixed with the Masters where they just did like a live stream on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then I saw that one. A bunch yeah. of people asking questions. Yeah, that wasn't that was as so good, honestly. Good. That was so good. Like, that wasn't as like it, it was good in terms of like what they what they did is they averted from like the use this compressor, use yeah. this pedal because that's more gimmicky. What they told like, hey, focus on your fucking sound. Like focus yeah. on on your like core sound, develop that, kind of hone that in and be like individual. That's clear, yeah. that's clear. But it was so difficult just, just because of the people asking dumb questions. I'm like, two legends sitting in front of me, like <laughs> two fucking legends. And you're asking them like, what's your favorite Compressor beast, you're like, really? Like, is, is that what you want to ask now? <laughs> Forget about the compressor. I want to know how they made that ba bass sound, like from some right. random sample and pit stretches or whatever. Uh, but what I really found interesting in that talk was how they don't use any sidechain compression on, on the Cross album. Right. They somehow just push it so hard that it kind of they used to see Elisa's 3630 I talk about it all the time right. this little piece piece of bullshit that I have in front of me <laughs> it's like a 30, 30 euro compressor that I got oh, off that of one. eBay yeah I read about that one yeah this, yeah this bullshit compressor where you put it on the master and you just drive the kick and the snare into it like really hard and it just it just smacks everything else like like down mm. like by, by 10 dB it's like pseudo sidechain if you time <laughs> the attack and release just the right way it will duck everything but it has it has a distinct sound to it it's very mm. plasticky and has like this this mid-range push where it sounds like a little bit like ott without the highs you know like ott oh. has like this mid-range push and like yeah, this, yeah. this glossy high end you just take off the gla glossy high and have like this the forward push in the mid-range nice but it's like you, you can use it on on some elements to, to kind of give your signature sound but if you use it over and over again it just sounds very plasticky like yeah. you will not have like a high quality open like polished mix with it it's, it's dirty it's smacky mm -hmm. it's plasticky but yeah. it's cool <clears throat> i gotta find that one uh but uh and honestly like when the first time i heard leno that is actually when i found like this is my thing like this is my genre this i can i think i can i know i can make it because i've been at that point i've been trying to make marion ish stuff right wasn't it was totally crap oh, like all of us like it was so bad <laughs> horrible i had no idea what i was doing like technically i i had an idea and musically but yeah 
Right. No. Uh, but when I started doing like more, yeah, like new disco stuff, I felt like my second song, or it was the second remix I I made, and probably I think is in reality was like third or fourth song in this new disco genre. I got in second place on on Skio uh, Music this uh, re- remix page, and yeah. they have like sample packs and stuff like it now. So I was like, holy shit, <laughs> <laughs> I I must not suck. <laughs> It must be Definitely. okay. So, but it's incredible, like how fast you pick pick up. Like when when you when you said like you haven't done lots of that stuff before, and then you just switch and just yeah. acquire that sound pretty quickly. That that's impressive overall. Because I've been doing only funk all my fucking life, and it, yeah. it's just working out your style. One not like sounding like someone else. It, it's difficult, definitely, to kind of piece out your sound because. Yeah all of us we all copy each other and anyways yeah. like even even oliver sounds like someone else like a permutation of someone else to yeah. kind of work out your style slowly that's very difficult i'm sure those guys are thinking like oh they're gonna you're they're gonna like this is exactly like something else and people are gonna hear it similar and yeah who cares i mean the other day like good music is good music and how many people try to sound like justice or death punk over the last 15 years yeah millions like right and whatever as long as it sounds good, then yeah, I I really like your your uh, <laughs> what's the English word like pr- to be pragmatic? Yeah, like sausage fattener. Why not use it if it sounds good? Like right. Why not use the Juno strings if it sounds good and it works? Like I have no idea. The totally, totally. Especially for me, as as a, I'm I'm a pianist. That's my background. Yeah. I focus on the harmony and, and the songwriting aspect more than than the gimmicks. You know, I like yeah. sound design. I like the the honing in on your sound. I like the 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 Juno thing and, and whatever. Yeah. But like always searching for the next VST. Always searching for the endless drum samples on supply. It's like how much do you really need to produce a song? I think that's probably why I was. Um pretty quick uh at finding the sound because i've gotten past that it, I, it's probably maybe it's got to do with age or something i don't know but at least the realization <laughs> like, i don't where, give a fuck what i'm too old for this shit <laughs> i don't give no, a fuck i'm too I'm, old I'm, for this shit i mean like <laughs> I don't know. In my early twenties, I was probably too focused on like, yeah, on gear and and. Right. Uh, it takes a certain maturity in this whole thing to yeah. just focus on on the essentials, not to focus on gear. Although I love gear as anyone else, and yeah, you too yeah, probably. Yeah. I love plugs, everyone else, but it's like, what? I did, at the end of the day, what do you want to do? You want to produce music? You want to say something yeah, with exactly. your music? You yeah. know, just sit the fuck down, use the tools that you already have, and just hone your skills. Yeah. Don't don't try to look for this magic pill solution that the next best best thing will like transform your sound into something magical which will not happen yeah at all i i just i just try to go for something where i'm smiling smiling when when i listen to what i make like if i can make myself kind of groove then 100 like self-enjoyment is the first thing that's it yeah so right now you do music full time, right? I actually I actually don't. You don't because, because I, I was thinking like you, you would do music like you would you have your Edis project and yeah. then you would also have your your studio that you. So I um, um my approach there as I I did I did music full time like years ago uh, and I studied music so I have like a theoretical background and, and whatnot. And right. I it just it just in the end I figured out that. Uh, Although I love doing shows and stuff like that, it's not, I don't like being like the, <laughs> I don't like being at work when people are out have, having fun, you know, that, that kind of a feeling and just being, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It never really 
felt right to me. That doesn't mean I'm not going to do live gigs because I definitely want to do that uh, more again. But uh, at the moment, I'm doing just just doing studio stuff, and I I love that part. And I mean, to me, it's a matter of kind of judging what do you want to use your time on. And I just want to do my own music. So if I can do that like full time, one once or twice, like two days a week, uh, a week, and then but only that. But you know, full focus. And you know I'm gonna, you know, sit evenings and weekends and all the free time that I have. Then for me, I mean, that's actually enough. And right, because I I listened to what you talked about as well. Like you, you kind of had this. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe you feel felt like you didn't have enough time with for with your own music as well. Definitely, 100. Because if you focus on on client projects all the time, it's like. What do I want? That's why remixing yeah. is so fun because yeah. you can develop your own style while making money and making the client happy. And I love remixing for building your own sound. That's like the best advice I can give to to like producers who release their own stuff. It's like remix for other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that's Definitely. the best thing. But you're remixing, right. Remixing, especially starting out, like marketing wise and, and stuff, uh, remixing is perfect. And and also just for learning and and trying to recreate somebody else's sound is also like amazing for learning. Right. So how how do you structure your time right now? What do you do? You produce these two days a week for yourself and the rest of the time you, yeah, you work at a studio i'm working with like i'm trying to actually apply some of these things that we're talking about now like creativity innovation and and marketing in, in a business setting that's basically what i do so i feel like i can i i get the best of both worlds to be honest <laughs> i felt like i i don't know how, how i've ended up like this and to me it's it feels perfect right now and then who who knows in a year or two or three uh, what i'll end up doing but right how do you make your income though if i might ask is, is that you're like do, do you do that through your studio as well no i try actually that's a hard like purchasation i did that for a while i i did because like that would interest me yeah. in terms of like having a like a physical suit because i work from my like from here that's yeah. all i have and that's all i really need to to work with clients uh, over the internet i never thought about like having a studio in berlin which is not sustainable f- for me at all I know people, if I need to go to, into a studio, I will hire someone and like, I will go into a studio and, and work there. But but like putting money into a studio, even with all the grants that are available on a state level in Germany, I think long-term, the future is not studios. The future is, is us. The future is, is people in bedroom studios giving good service uh, over the internet. That's yeah. the future, in my opinion. Of course, studios will not die out, but they will switch to something else and will have, have like a more like a niche approach they will have like a niche approach for 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 a niche audience as well like the the only reason i actually have i have a space i have a, a studio um space where i sit um although my home setup is more than enough you know i have a mac mini i have an apollo here and a couple of like the the behringer synths how amazing are them awesome are they? awesome I, w- I wanted to grab that that new moog man that mini moog with the juno course that's oh yeah, awesome. the, the the thing that's polyphonic but not really. Yeah, polyphonic, um, like yeah, four exactly. voices. Yeah, I have the Deep Mind and the the Model D thing. Right, still awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, so the home home setup is more than enough. But for me, just sitting, having colleagues is just really important, and having people around to just like, dude, can just have a listen, ten minutes. What do you think? And they'll, you know, right. 
bring their opinion to me that's worth so much so um and i definitely did that's what i was uh, about to say like i did projects where i had like income there but i just felt it took away my focus from from my own music and it's definitely not for everyone yeah working with people there's always like a service aspect to it and you, you gotta have like the marketing and the communication down to a t i enjoy it yeah for now but it, it's it definitely burned me burned me out at some point like i'm full-time probably close to three and a half to four years and for the first one and a half two two and a half years I w- that, that was super stressful like yeah. building yourself up to a point where you have enough clients coming in to to support your living and i mean i don't have anyone else like i don't have anyone else to support only myself exactly. and my fucking cat um that's still difficult yeah. for for like a european country that's that's pretty difficult to build yourself up and to do the sound that you want to do um not like hey produce this Justin Bieber joint for me or produce this Chainsmokers joint for me which I did for the first one and a half two two and a half years and it it wasn't as fun as to what I do right now and can establish my brand and my sound Uh, it definitely burns burns one out and it's not for everyone yeah and that's that's basically why I kind of stopped you especially like the last time around when I was doing like more of my solo stuff I had my own name on it and stuff like that it it was I just at, at certain point it was like yeah my name on it vocalist singer composer like it just it just felt too personal to be honest like mm-hmm. i just like it way more now where i'm first and foremost i'm a producer but because it's simple i can sing on it i'll <laughs> i'll sing on, on most of my songs but um it's not important for me that i do kind of a thing right uh so it kind of takes the pressure off but um yeah but that doesn't mean i think it's important for me to say like that doesn't mean I'm not serious about my music because I, like I'm putting so much time like yeah but you switch the focus towards your music career yeah and it's like um it's a switch when you're when you're doing doing work and when you're doing music and uh, but but the music still definitely feels like work and that's I think that's really important that you actually right although I, I say very often like once something becomes a job it, it's a job you know because people think yeah. like oh you're full-time in music you, you must having a great time all of the time but the thing is you're having a, you're having a great time maybe like 10% of the whole time even when yeah. producing for yourself like yeah. how fucking difficult it is to sit down and come up with something that sounds cool and it sounds like yeah this this is good it, it's a struggle like sometimes you, you sit down and nothing goes sometimes it flows and like you have to catch it in the, in the, in the period of time that, that you do have so it's 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 always difficult it's like it's always a struggle regardless if you do it for someone or for for yourself it, it's once something is it's a job it's a job if it's your music career it's more personal there's more at stake there's your name on it there's like yeah. there's everything on it and it's like maybe maybe the the financial aspect as well which is more pressure on top so it's it's all stress so yeah. don't think that only because it's music full-time it's like yeah of course it's better than working at a restaurant or like working whatever exactly like, I worked like, so many jumps before but it's like it's still it's still work yeah and it's still working and like in the end of the day i want to a i want to use my brain i want to do something that kind of challenges me but i don't want to do it alone so i like having people around so that that's also really good and and just um feeling that you can kind of uh yeah makes makes sort of a difference and i i wouldn't have felt that if i continued on with with you know just producing your justin bieber stuff that you are recording some band that right wanna... which, I, which i don't do anymore yeah this, this is why i hone exactly. in on the on the funk lore brand because like at some point i asked myself like what do i want to do like honestly yep. what do i want to do what will make it make me 
quote-unquote happy or fulfilled long term what sound do i like what i want to do long term it's like all right i want to do this kind of sound and i want to be known for for like my name and for my sound overall uh whatever it might be in the future and then i want to create my my, my niche and i also enjoy teaching giving lessons and all that and yeah. ma- master class stuff as well that, that's like one passion of mine is teaching that learning and then giving it in bite size to someone else who was less experienced in, in that mm-hmm. um, context i enjoy it a lot so that's not for everyone as well but it's like whatever yeah for me like when i can i can help some some business leader if i'm yeah like applying my music way of thinking my creative way of thinking way of working to like a different context i think that's so cool as well because it actually makes it real and it flows back and forth but uh, I, to be honest, I don't think about it that much in practice. Like um, when I'm a, when, when I'm doing my music, I'm doing my music, and when I'm doing that, I'm doing that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I definitely try to separate them. And it, I guess it, it kind of goes against what a lot of people are saying. Like if you're not doing it 100, you're missing out, and you need the focus and blah blah blah. But I mean, I, I think if you have the drive, you have the drive to do it on with the time that you have right if, if you have to drive and if you can structure your time exactly yeah. stringently you can do it because when i talk to la felix he's like hey i'm working an it job full time and then my off time i there do music and like I had no the, idea. Wow. The, the freedom that he that he's getting from like the, the financial freedom and, and just the yeah like i don't have to to struggle for my bread with the music that I do, um, he's like, dude, like this gives me so much freedom. Like I can work my exactly. comfy um, IT job, come home and like whatever I do for the rest of the day is like music. And I, and I don't have to think about like getting the bills paid for the next yeah. week. I don't, I don't have to think about anything. I focus on my music and I do Make it as good as only me. for the, uh, yeah, for the enjoyment without, without like the fear for the outcome. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I found like an 80% thing it works. So I have one day a week. Uh, right. How do you structure your time, man? But you got a family as well. You got a kid, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got a little well, one. Well, you, you got to have a, a very understanding wife. Oh, 100%. <laughs> step one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A student of mine has a kid and, and, and a wife as well. He's struggling with like his time in regards to making music and making the whole yeah. music thing work financially as well. He would like to do yeah. it. And it's definitely possible, but it's difficult. If you got a small, a little one, you gotta, you know, think about the financial thing. I think I'm I'm more scared about uh, when we at some point have number two, then uh, <laughs> like when you have two kids, then you need two parents at, at present at all times. <laughs> right. And I, I wanna be present, you know, now as well, but you know, it, and I am, um, but it is different with one and two so I, I, so far and he's he's uh, one now so your w- wife is understanding right yeah very but she yeah, has yeah. to be because yeah, yeah otherwise it's like <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's definitely something we talked about like early on and she yeah she wants me to have like she understands my love for for music and for for uh promoting it and for making it and all that stuff so she uh yeah, yeah. that's awesome definitely 100% yeah having someone understanding in your life because what's the point of having someone that, who, who's super against because for me for example my last girlfriend whom I've been together with for five years mm. towards the end of my whole thing she didn't like what I did because at that point I wasn't quote-unquote financially successful whatever yeah. the fuck that means and it's like yo when are you gotta be <laughs> like quote-unquote successful when will you make for it? her standards yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah this shit and my parents as well I'm like 
fuck off like i need my time like as much time as, as i fucking need so we broke up yeah. and like i did my thing now i make all the money that i need for myself I don't, i'm not saying like i'm rich but i yeah. i'm caring for myself i'm making as much money as my parents do if if not more just in, in general it's it's like whatever so what more can you ask i mean yeah but i will not let someone into my life long term who, who's like not into what i do 100 what's even yeah. the point you know, she she to be fair, she doesn't like the genre. She doesn't. She <laughs> she has no idea about what she listen to <laughs> music at all. So uh, no, I I don't think she actually likes the music, but uh, <laughs> some of it, some of it, she does. She yeah, likes my yeah. old stuff, like the the soft John Mayerish pop stuff. Uh, what does she like though? What does she listen she to? But she wants me to have uh, like she understands my love for it, so she wants me to have fun with. It. Yeah, awesome. What is your goal with this project in particular? Uh, what are your plans for this year and next year? Um, if that's, you have any plans, what do you want to do? No, that's a better question. What my plans are for the next couple of years than my goal, because those are quite different things. Because when I'm asked, like, what's your goal? Then I kind of, ex I feel like people are expecting this grand. Uh, you oh, know, no, 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 not at all. Not at all. It's I'm, like, not, I'm not saying towards your, you, but just right. like. <laughs> yeah, what's your personal goal for, for this thing like what, what are your plans what would you like to achieve like there is no i have to exactly that, that's 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 more pressure like for for the the plan for this year is to, to release as many original songs that i can basically like uh, the last couple of years i focused on on remixes and i have a few out and i had a, a, a few more that is out but unfortunately didn't come out on spotify especially in in europe so that was like a that was a bit of a yeah that was a bit disappointing i need to check out those <laughs> um but they're on soundcloud and stuff but yeah yeah so last time i've been on soundcloud was a year ago probably i don't go on soundcloud very often yeah who cares about that you know i use it for <laughs> sending private links and and right you know sometimes it's okay if you get like a I've 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 gotten some posts on on like YouTube and stuff from people on Spotify on SoundCloud and from re reposting right. stuff. So it's okay. Yeah, it's, I it's, still it's do still it. It's still legit. But, yeah, it's a platform still. Yeah, yeah. But I feel it's more important to kind of build an audience on Spotify. But yeah, so just re releasing my own songs this year and try to mix it with label label releases with uh, independent releases and just see how you know what works best. Um and yeah see where it goes from there i i i just want to um, let's let's take it to a million first and then take it to 10 million and then see what happens you know <laughs> you gotta take it step by step live shows <laughs> after whole quarantine stuff is over yeah man i would love to have a live show not only djing but but like a combination between djing and playing live yes yes kind of like disclosure disclosure does that Something, that's definitely something what like I would do. So, uh, like the the that one guy from from the studio that I'm working the most with. We're like we have three studios in one kind of a thing. It's huge. The studio A has like this classical or classic studio setup with multiple rooms and band recordings and stuff. And then we have two producer rooms, um, then a couple more smaller ones. But one of the one of the guys, he's like super, he's so good at the ambient stuff. So he helps me with that sometimes and with like uh, just some sound, sound inside and stuff. And we, we, uh, mm -hmm. we've made some really cool songs, I think now that's not out yet. But um, yeah, he's like 
dude, you gotta, you need to learn how to DJ. I'll play the drums and make the <laughs> tracks, and I'll right. DJ and I'll sing and, and play uh, guitar. That's easy. Like if you know Ableton Live and Warping, you you can DJ. That's yeah, way. that's super easy. You just I'm break like, down your fucking song in steps, and there you go. Yeah, yeah. Start. And it's yeah. I've kind of realized that people. Why, why do people go to a concert? It's it's to have a good time. It's to it's, you know experience an artist live. It's it's the um, it's the presence of the artist on stage and having fun and you know of course you know. Sp- but if it's not all perfect live, like remember, like coming from a band background, I spent right. What way- whatever perfect means, like this whole notion of perfect, <sighs> I feel it's kind of boring. And yeah, it, it's better. Like people are becoming more more receptive to live music recently to more live band stuff live um arrangements of less less of the edm dj standing there and like yeah 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 if i can get to um to dj set with live drums and um and like guitar and singing just two people on stage i think that would be cool right and just, the thing and is for, you sing what you sing like i can't sing like you sing you got a good voice like this is cool you can perform and actually sing that, yeah. that's fucking awesome thanks man I guess that's kind of a differentiator, uh, being able to sing and produce. So I do I do everything myself at this point, mixing and and right. And I do mastering, but I I never feel never feel like happy with my mastering. But it works, it works. Man. Right <laughs> for the shit that I do for the whole function, I do the mastering as well. If yeah. if there's something where I mix someone else's record that's kind of funky, but it's like not my style 100, I'm like, yo, feel free to have it mastered by this guy or like whatever mastering engineer of your choice yeah. but usually for for our sound because for our sound like the the whole mastering chain kind of goes into the sound exactly yeah it, it's kind of making up the, the whole the whole sound that we do um in general so that's kind of cool so what do you think about like lander and stuff like that um have you tried it i don't know i i, I don't I, I did try it i did try it a lot i i don't have I don't have an opinion, honestly. It's cool for some people, I guess, for beat makers. That's a cool thing. We have like five beats a day. You can throw it on Lander <laughs> yeah. and just have it mastered or like e-master, whatever. I used it a couple times. I don't like it, and I feel like I feel like they license the Isotope Ozone <laughs> yeah. limiter presets and just put it in. Maybe one hundred percent. Like it's it's a digital thing algorithm that reads it and adapts to it. It sounds like the the Isotope limiter very very close to it. I will not coin this one hundred percent. I'm not, not not sure, but it sounds no, like they're doing something. There's something more going on because the the bass is. You know, you can hear the bass is typically more pronounced in, in the Lander Master. The reason, right. the reason I have experience with, with it is I won like a one-year subscription from the Skio, so <laughs> it's like I had to use it. You know, why not? Right. And I thought it was okay. It's cool for like quick masters for clients. Like, let me master it up, throw yeah. it. Um, there's, there's you a better alternative. It's called. Ar- have you heard of Aria? Yeah. Yeah, that one where there's like you send it off and you choose like different presets, and then there's like a robotic arm doing the adjustments at at a real mastering oh, rack yeah, yeah, with like one, yeah. gear and then it just pushes it through the whole chain and you get like an analog mastering thing but you know if you, if you want to do that just get plugin alliance master desk yeah it sounds awesome <laughs> does, if you want to do that I <laughs> does, tried dude it. i use it all the time it's like people like oh you use this i use it on legit mastering stuff like where i do <laughs> master for people i use it like in conjunction with other stuff as well but it has some some great um stuff built in like the foundation now where it just balances out the bass and the, the rest of the whole uh frequency spectrum it's awesome man i love it nice so if you want to nice. if you want to do a quick one 
<laughs> use that. Yeah, yeah, I'll try that one. Yeah, yeah, definitely try try out the master desk. You'll love it. <laughs> cool. I promise. Like you, you can you can pin me on that. Yeah. What do you think about the whole visual aspect uh, for an artist? Because I feel like if I look at the artists that I like recently, um, the visual and the storytelling aspect of their CD covers of of the releases, they kind of just take Dua Lipa and the whole um, future nostalgia thing. She went with the whole concept yeah. for for half a year to to like a year with everything, her clothes being future nostalgia, everything she puts out, the pictures, yeah. and that that's so important. I don't see that happening in Germany. I don't see that happening in Russia since I have a lot a lot to do with like Russian artists as well. Right, like they're they're not even familiar with the concept of of, of like having a concept to your music and just going for it. Like Lady Gaga did with the art pop thing for like two years when she had clothes and, and videos, everything representing that. Look at Median, like with his whole Icarus, like the city, yeah. whatever yeah, thing, you know? So, and, and so cool, so cool. That's so fucking important. I feel like most artists are behind on that 100%. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a part of... Um, I love I love the visual part as well. And I do... Um, I Like the, the Back to You cover, I did that myself. Um, do you have a concept to your to your sound? Like, what what do you see visually if you think about Edis? What does it represent visually? Like, I think it's uh, I want to first of all I want to portray portray kind of fun and positivity. That's my main vision for my music. Like, just making people smile and, and move. That's always what I want to say. Uh, that's that's always what I say. So, I like like I I, I like pink pink and pastel stuff. Like, because it it just it just looks funny and it looks positive and um and definitely having that 80s and i've been playing around with some 90s ish because that's that's uh, i think that's so cool that that's visual style is kind of back uh so i want to do something about that but um yeah i think that's that's basically my my thinking is just making sure that it's it has that kind of electronic ish association or um mm -hmm. but yeah so it's basically it's the same when i make music i want to have an organic but electronic sound and uh yeah try, try to replicate that in visuals with with some organic but but clean kind of yeah like an almost electronic visual uh style right i don't know if that makes sense 100 <laughs> percent I like recently I thought about the, the whatever I do on Instagram and like what I portray and I was thinking like how can I differentiate, differentiate myself just a little bit what does like the whole funklore thing by the mm. way funklore is like so fucking funny because I, I didn't start <laughs> this phrase like I didn't do it someone just called me randomly on Instagram and I just retweeted like reposted that to my story and then everyone's like yo funklore and I'm like I just roll with it <laughs> so fucking funny <laughs> yeah done it's like nice. sometimes people ask me like are you the real funklord like is that legit I'm like I don't know what what it means you can call yourself <laughs> like, whatever you want like <laughs> right like doesn't mean i'm the fucking lord of fun like there's, there's like million people doing better funk than i do like um, just sub subjectively speaking but it's, <laughs> it's just it's just something that, that you go with and just it sounds cool but it's like okay I'm, I'm just i like it it sounds like cool and just what does what can i do to kind of represent it and then just yeah. go into the whole 70s 80s like film video making aspect yeah. that, that's kind of fun to me like yeah. that stuff when you think about electric lady studio 54 that kind of atmosphere that warm 
wooden exactly yeah atmosphere that's like kind of my thing and i want to portray that further if i if i plan to do like vlogs or like music videos whatever that, that's that's the side i want to go with like grainy vintagey stuff um but it sounds still current in 2020 nice or whatever year i just found this um artist on instagram um i th i think i found it from a like through a label i was just researching new disco labels and one of them had like an artwork that i really liked and they had credits for the artwork on their page so i was like psyched cool and i can go check that person out and she has like 270 followers on instagram it's crazy because she is so talented so i just Hopefully, I can get some some nice artwork from her. Like it's hand drawn, nice. Um, very, I don't know what it even looks like. Um, I can uh, I can check what yeah, her, give her a shout out on your podcast because yeah, <laughs> she definitely uh, deserves it. Um, Victoria Victoria Rosa design. So if Victoria, if you're listening, you, you got to reply. I need your artwork. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta look it up. Yeah. How how do you feel about? That's a question I was just thinking while while you said it yeah, um, yeah. about promoting yourself as an artist with a quote unquote niche sound still mm. because lots of artists they're afraid to build out a niche sound and to do what they really want because like hey I need to jump on this hype train to be successful I need to do that what do you think about that and and what are some tools that you use to promote yourself what what do you feel is essential to kind of get you get your name out there um in your opinion well for the first question like genre wise or trends um i feel i've never feel so felt so relaxed when it comes to that as i have now like it just because of the the funk or the new disco style is i love it because it's so immediate it's like when it grooves it grooves and you, you can just feel it yeah. the first second you hear a good new discos track you just at least for me i just like get straight into it so <clears throat> i'm never I like the harmonic richness of it i i'm so into har yeah. harmonies no other genre for me has like this, no, this super harmonic harmonic richness except maybe for jazz but that's a whole different thing but like more more quote-unquote mainstream disco and new disco has like breakbot listen to fucking breakbot like yeah, the yeah. harmonic content it's incredible yeah you can nerd around with some some chords and stuff as well uh yeah so on that part i i feel um it's easy because it's just i love that genre and that's the genre i want to do that's the genre i feel like um I finally kind of cracked the code, um, and um, so that's I'm never gonna kind of doubt that. Although I am kind of playing with more popish sounds, but it's still very much like Oliver popish, you know, the just the mellow '80s ish <laughs> kind of a thing with a groove. Um, but marketing wise, uh, I think for me. Uh, I was I in a way I was kind of lucky with the whole remixing thing with that uh, with the competitions and stuff winning like two of two comp competitions in you know some of my first tries and I got a lot of um, con people contacted me through that and kind of um, but then Instagram I'm not huge I'm I'm tiny on Instagram like I have right. twelve hundred followers like, or so that doesn't yeah. represent 
anything like it's so independent sometimes you got people who have millions of followers on instagram but their spotify's are dead um yeah and vice versa as well sometimes you have like nothing on on instagram but your spotify is is, is huge so the the question is what's your goal like what do you want to do and then you know i think instagram is so cool in uh like just dming people and connecting with people like we did Dude, like networking 100 instagram is the shit you got all of the people like steven slade hi how's it going like w would you like to come onto my podcast and he'll probably yeah, reply so yeah exactly and he did yeah. <laughs> he did so, <laughs> all of them so, did yeah all of them did right <laughs> they read it and maybe maybe they don't reply to everything they, they probably don't but uh but that's also kind of the mantra these days that you actually have to reply to everything and you have to like to right. engage with people right. and I definitely do that and I feel it's so fun like finally looking back like 10 years there were no way of connecting with people especially not like, yeah. across the world Un unreachable it's 10 years even like five years I feel like uh, at least I wasn't doing it so for me that's the definitely the most essential part is being on Instagram and, and not just posting random pictures of you standing outside or whatever but actually just connecting with people i'm sure like with five posts but being active on messaging you can probably <laughs> you know build some really uh valuable connections that can get you places but yeah the other part is just like you're doing as well like making small tutorials on instagram just helping people out or just sharing whatever you're working on and right uh sharing some of the process so, some of the tips that for, for me personally it's the community aspect like yeah i know the sound i got my niche and i want to have all the people that care about this the sound this niche this genre whatever um yeah in my little plat on my little platform on my little island and if i do this yeah. podcast with you and other guys if i provide tutorials in context of this this is like my my little aisle that i that i built and i have my little audience whatever it might be if it's 1000 it's 1000 for 10000 cool as well i'm not i'm not looking for the numbers i'm looking for the impact um that i have that i'm having with, with the people and i feel yeah, that's yeah. that's the way to do it in 2020 as an artist as a producer it's like be like an authority like a voice in your not an authority but like be like a voice of reason in your own niche um and communicate like that's it communicate and try to help people out or share the knowledge that you've spent hours and hours trying to figure out and Definitely. then finally you find find this one thing that helps you uh, along the way to making a cool song just share that and uh, i wish i had way more time to doing it for, for doing that and i had i guess more courage as well in what i post and i don't know uh still a work in progress but what do you feel is, is missing in terms of courage where do you feel like <sighs> You're lacking. I don't know, man. I, I feel like it's always so... The stories thing have kind of cracked a little code for me. Like, uh, <laughs> just being able to share whatever there. Right. Like more. I can tell you what is for me. Like, the courage that I'm yeah. missing sometimes is showing my fucking face and talking to the camera. It's super yes, difficult. I mean, absolutely. That's absolutely. not because, like, of the content necessarily, just because how I feel about, like, it, it's so strange to, hey, guys, how's it going? And just talking to the camera with your fucking face, with your yeah. voice. And I don't hate myself. Like, I don't have, like, self-hatred in that regard. Like, I like how it looks. You're the funk lord, general, so right? you must have some confidence. And, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like it. And over time, it became way easier. Like, me doing tutorials yeah. and filming tutorials for, for, like, companies as well. It's, like, where I'm talking to the camera on a side. But that that's, like, the... 
still the the biggest hurdle is like being super comfortable with with talking yeah. to my audience especially that english is not my first language at all so like but i wouldn't like to, to talk german or russian on on camera i was like so it's english <laughs> english no, it but... is um, that that's my yeah. thing where i'm like encouraged um still i think actually that's the part of um doing not doing this artist thing full-time <clears throat> that's probably where i feel it most because i am way too conscious of what people that aren't you know they're they have me boxed into not the music but they have me boxed into this other thing and then seeing me talk into the camera like a like a wannabe kind of that's that's what stops me right there i would love to do it and i'm comfortable with talking to the camera and talking like standing on stage and talking to, to a lot of people because yeah I'm, that's just what i've been doing over the years but still i think that's actually that is hindering me a bit so um maybe i'll brand like do a new rebrand and not share right. but don't don't you think but don't you think like if you put out music people who follow you they will appreciate you because of the music like what, what whatever amount of people that are following you exactly yeah. of your of your other things and not your music thing like whatever yeah it's like even even like if, if my parents follow me on Instagram, which they don't um but like if they would like whatever like if i would do five times a week something else and in two days only music that's what i put out that's what i choose to put out and you know exactly. that's what i would like to for people to perceive me as as a musician and yeah. not this other thing but the middle ground that i find, kind of found is just at least recording myself playing and stuff like that so people can see my face and can't right. see who i am because i recognize that that's is golden. actually quite important recording a process how yeah. you do your sound like step by step that worked for me golden as well if it's cool if it's cool yeah. as, as your as your Shit, it's super catchy you do it step by step it's always working yeah, yeah, yeah if you do if you do it in a visually appealing way kind of like cool angles as well like cool like yeah types on top that that's works yeah, yeah, yeah. i think for, yeah so some of the the posts i have gotten the most reception on it's just the ones where i'm playing the keyboard or or guitar you know and those are totally different audiences that's also a thing like with when you tag it um Like you'll have guitarists and you ha you'll have like guitar pages picking you right. up. Like, oh, this is cool. Then I'll want to share this on on my page, and uh, and that's a whole different crowd than new disco production producer crowd, uh, and that's also kind of cool, I think. Right. Have you tried TikTok? I have TikTok. I don't have an Edis tiktok i don't think i'm gonna have one <laughs> people ask me all the time like have you tried it i'm like yes i tried it but I, i still don't know the context of how to use it because the thing is the lifespan of a media on instagram is already short so it's like yeah people see a post and they forget it like maybe they save it but they, they will forget it like later and that's it it has like a lifespan of yeah. a couple hours if it goes viral a couple days maybe if it's a meme it might get like more exposure but on on <laughs> yeah. tiktok your shit has to be instantly consumable in the moment and then it's gone forever like nobody will watch it mm. 10 15 times nobody nobody does that and it has to be in yeah. the context to whatever you do super consumable entertaining or educational and then it's gone and it's like how do you how yeah. do you collect how do you amass the attention and and get it into you know something else and i know it works because the guys from burstamo the marketing company from uk that yeah. i had they they preach tiktok they preach it and, and a collaborator of mine who i'm writing a song with right now he started to do uh music um like short music theory 
bits where he breaks breaks down the songs like this is why this chord progression works blah 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 in one minute and he gets so yeah. much views like 10 to fifty thousand per video on each and every one of those videos and i guess like if you put in one of your songs as a background if you break it down that might lead people to you know check it out and you might link them to your your stuff as well because now you can put a link into your bio um that works i see that working but i don't see myself as of yet jumping onto that and kind of creating that bite-sized content uh consistent because you got to be consistent with that shit you know the the secret is to being super consistent on a daily or on a weekly even on instagram with whatever you do because there's no point in doing one post a week and then disappearing for two weeks and then you're just getting getting forgotten or a month or a month you know (laughs) that's what i mean and then tiktok is super like (laughs) on a daily and your target audience is like yeah i think i mean i've i've gone i've fallen in the trap before of trying to like to um to maintain too many platforms at the same time and youtube and stuff i know you don't have a youtube channel and nope i, I think that's definitely the way to go like just pick one thing master it be good yeah and then maybe at some point i'll i'll open up a tiktok account and see what what happens but then I, I back to the drive man like if you don't have the drive and really have the an intention of doing it long term yeah you gotta you gotta have the motivation the consistency yeah it's, it's everything even with the podcast here i just i just can't crap it out for a month and then come back which i certainly did but it's it's not easy and to have a podcast yeah. coming out consistently that's consistency that's everything yeah but it's like you only got so much skill points in a day you know like if you got 100 skill points to, <laughs> yeah. to spend like i don't want to spend them on like 10 on agility 10 on strength 10 on magic like i want to put 100 <laughs> on strength and then just be the barbarian just just plow through motherfuckers you know <laughs> <laughs> i gotta use rpg that's a really good one <laughs> that's kind of it i gotta find the the luck and the persuasion ones right. i think you know? <laughs> put, put all your points in that but i mean in in yeah. in, the, in regards to your focus and where you put it like pick one platform or two the most and focus your time on that yeah, yeah. don't jump in Definitely. between five different platforms because how effective are you going to be at the end of the day especially when you're uh, i think that the way to have success is to uh, do what you're doing like building a community and building connections with people and you're not going to be able to maintain that on like three four different platforms or even maybe two is too much you know so yeah definitely pick your battles yep do you do gaming do you play anything or oh yeah huge game <laughs> what do you play or uh, these days i'm not Warzone, re- Warzone took me back. Like it actually really brought me back. <laughs> right. It's uh, it's this weird thing of Warzone coming out when everybody's just at home uh, and starved on social interaction. So so many people on there playing that game, right. and it's like taking me fifteen years back when I was like yeah, a kid in the basement and we had connect we connected like four Xbox the original Xbox <laughs> and played Halo like and had like small like probably maximum 20 inch TVs and four people on each yeah with the small like, between the rooms ringo, right? oh yeah, yeah with the cross yeah or the um, counter strike land parties ninth grade definitely it's cool <laughs> <laughs> like land parties yeah, yeah, yeah. was so fun as well yeah right. I went to that was some, a thing nobody like the, does it anymore no right are you sure i don't know i think that there's one like huge one in norway that we're like four or five thousand people are in a land huge, party like, maybe hall. i'm just just out of it 100 they might not do it anymore i don't know but i went there like two or three times <laughs> it was it was really good played yeah. so much counter-strike the best the best <laughs> times 100 right now if i find the time 
to to play some Super Smash Brothers. That that's like the yeah. only thing they'll play consistently. I love Super Smash, but I didn't buy the last one because like I played me- Melee so much on GameCube, but that's only because like all my friends were doing it or not all my friends, but like enough like just a few people that would actually put some time into it and become good so it's not just a button smasher because that doesn't work so and now i don't know anybody who plays it but maybe i'll buy it and we can i can right. kick her ass one day do it <laughs> you can kick my do ass it. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> i have I mean? no skill in that game anymore so <laughs> random question yeah why do so many people from norway and denmark in, in general <laughs> have such good english in general for german Having good English, it's not self-explanatory because we like if you talk to people my age, like twenty eight, twenty nine, it's very your, rarely. Your English is amazing. I mean, I've never heard a German <laughs> with that good of English ever. Probably that, so. that, that, that's a podcast experience. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true for me as well. Actually, like I've I've been listening to podcasts since I think I started in like two thousand seven or eight on iPods. You know. Uh, and gaming podcast that was my that's that's been IGN <laughs> Game Scoop yeah. I've, I've been listening to that like if you you know Damon's my hero you know <laughs> Game Scoop <laughs> when it comes to podcasting but um, you know I think that definitely helps just just listening to people talk and learning you know all those small words that you kind of you don't learn that in school you know you, you it's it's those waiting kind of words it's those uh, fill in filler words. But, you know, I don't know. In Norway and Denmark, there are no dubbed TV or TV shows. That definitely helps. Everything is is texted or is like uh, with subtitles. So you do have like proper English stuff on national TV with just text. Yeah. Nothing is dubbed ever. Which we don't. We don't. Like we have like all is dubbed. And, and overall, I feel like the quality of education, it, of course, is better than like Russia or something. Um, again, just from experience. But... I was lucky to have had good English teachers from grade two or three, I guess, up until 13, which you have in Germany. Um, That was kind of good foundation. And then whatever I did on top, listening to podcasts as well, watching those series and then anime as well, you know, all all like English or like the original with English subtext. Yeah. That kind of helped. But overall, it's, it's cool. Like, I feel like we should have that as well. Just regular yeah i mean it's it's, um i i can see the arguments of like maintaining your own your own language and stuff but i don't know i could never watch like uh the office or like (laughs) dubbed (laughs) i I don't see how the humor would would come across one thing i do have to say though like germany usually has better dubs than than the original what honestly like if i watch breaking bad in english and then i watch it in german dr house in english and german scrubs english and german the german is way better like, honestly they're so fucking good at, at like nailing the voices and the jokes 100 that that's what i like that's one aspect i do like though that's the crazy. dubs are so fucking good like scrubs i watched scrubs originally in english I wasn't laughing at all. German, it's so fucking funny. It's not. It's not even. What doesn't even come close. I well, I guess when there's like a whole industry around it, then people become really good at it. So yeah, that that's one thing they just nail one hundred percent. They kill yeah. it. Wow, I don't see that at all. I mean, the only thing that's stopped here is like kids' cartoons and Disney movies and stuff like that. Right. And I always feel like the Norwegian ones are fine. That's what I grew up with. When I'm, but when I go and check out the English version, I was like, oh, this is 
oh, that that joke actually works because it's you know, <laughs> and it doesn't work in Norwegian. And uh, yeah, no, uh, I guess you're lucky in that sense. But no, I would definitely go for the English versions all the every time. That's funny. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. How do you feel in regards to the Norwegian language by itself? I can't even compare it to anything. It, it's not even close to German. Where it's somewhat there's some similarity. There's some it's words. Like, yeah. Yes. It's definitely easier to learn German than French for a Norwegian. One hundred percent. Nobody can learn fucking French. <laughs> I had <laughs> French in like what what was it high school or something. You can you, in Norway you can choose. So I chose French. I have never used it ever. Yeah. <laughs> we we had the choice between uh, French and Latin. I definitely picked Latin. That's better. You have a Latin. way better Holy understanding for, for other languages. That's, it's a good foundation for everything. Crazy. Because Latin is the basis of all Anglo-Saxon languages. So Latin, then yeah. German, French 100%, English stemmed out of Latin, and then so many sub-languages as well, like yeah, Spanish yeah. and Italian 100%. So you, you know Latin, you know, like you have a good, very good foundation because nobody speaks Latin. It's not a speaking language. That's why it's called no. a dead language. It's only written. And the the only thing that comes kind of close, it's Italian. So that's like the, you know, successor of it. Um, but it's it's probably interesting because then you can understand like the meaning of certain words even better. 100%. Because you know the kind of the origin 100%. of the word. And, yeah. yeah. But French, is, I have French France. It sounds, <laughs> the, the language by itself, it's beautiful. It sounds very I like, love appealing. It, yes. But it's like, yeah. the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly. like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's the only. It's like Canada and I guess countries in Africa use it, but right. it is, just is there, feels. Is there like um, specialty to the Norwegian language? How how the sentences are built compared to English? Or yeah, I guess the the order is kind of switched up sometimes. Like where you put, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like yeah, it's a bit different, but um, I don't think about it, you know, at all anymore. So it's it's not really something I reflect much on these days. But what what is cool that many people don't know is like, or some people don't know, is uh, Danish and Swedish and Norwegian is quite similar. It, or it's it is really yeah, it's a Nordic post Viking. It's Nordic Viking, yeah, kinda. kind of yeah, <laughs> Nordic. <laughs> but um, so I guess that also helps with your language kind of ear growing up with we, we grow up with uh, with Swedish television definitely and, and watch so you can understand it oh yeah yeah you can like we that's talk one, that's one thing I didn't know exactly so I, I would speak Norwegian to a Swede and he would probably understand the thing is like no, this is this is a weird topic like i don't know why we're talking about this but i like it <laughs> <laughs> why the fuck not it, it's interesting because why not? you know like not yeah. a lot of people know that for german like german is spoken in austria it's spoken in switzerland and it's switzerland, yeah. it's spoken in Liechtenstein as well yeah yeah so it's spoken in so many different countries and it's people don't know it's like what do you, what yeah. you speak german in austria it's like yeah it's like <laughs> they speak all the languages i think no that's switzerland but yeah i was just saying like um because norwegian is kind of we were kind of the little brother to sweden and to denmark for so many years like going back a hundred few hundred years so it's kind of the middle ground i feel like of the of swedish and danish like written it's really similar similar to danish and spoken it's quite similar to speak swedish so we're kind of in the middle understanding almost everything and they're like can we switch to english <laughs> especially danish <laughs> That's funny. But, um, do you feel yeah. the no, it works. do you feel the Viking spirit is kind of alive where you are in in soccer stadiums? 
Yeah, it is. I, I do like a lot. Like I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of Vikings, the show. I'm a huge fan of the whole Nordic, um, like history. So you're psyched uh, for the new Assassin's Creed game? A dude, the Viking game. It looks like the Vikings <laughs> show. It's, it looks like yeah, you know, yeah. 100%. It's like, dude, uh, the Last Kingdom. If if you're like into that, it's like a Netflix yeah. show. It's super good. It's about um, cool. Danes in in like what is England now and Ireland. I'm super into that. It's like the whole spirit of that, um, kind of the the dynamic between like the, the male, female in that times. I, I'm just inspired by the yeah. whole thing. I love it. Cool. I don't know. I feel like I never really understood the Viking thing because it's not something to be proud of at all I feel like, as a country. Uh, so I feel like the only place you see it in culture is at football stadiums where people put on the, <laughs> the, the horns. Things on, yeah, which the they, horns, which yeah. they didn't even have. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it feels it feels like something we should really try to forget about. <laughs> But why? Like I mean, I mean, G Germans as a tribe. If you think about how how they did it, Germans were tribal people living in a fucking forest, and then they came out, and then it just demolished the Roman people. They just demolished them. They just destroyed the whole Roman Empire and just took it took it for mm -hmm. themselves. That's how Germany no, that's... was established. They came out of yeah. the forest with like wooden weapons and like whatever. They didn't even have like <laughs> proper swords and they just trampled over the Roman Empire like easily over a few couple hundred years and that's it. They just took it on. And that was the, the biggest empire in Europe for, for like 500 years. They dominated everyone. Oh, yeah. and that's the same that for, is, for, the, crazy, for the Vikings as well. You know, they, in context to that time, they had to rave, like ravage and pillage, whatever to to survive. You know, to survive probably. Yeah, yeah that's. I mean. Those are the times. Like nobody's like, "Hey, I have my empire. I'm building this up." It, it's not how times work. Like there was no industry like it is right now. So they had to. I'm not excusing that, but before you had, nah, you had no, Genghis Khan like decimating millions of people as well. And before that, you had the Roman Empire, which decimated other cultures. That that's the way it was. But I don't think. I don't think like. Uh, Italians are dressing up as Roman people. <laughs> like, are they? Like, <laughs> I don't see that. They do have the Colosseum still. I, w I was there. In of course, yeah. they're not going to tear that right. down. But <laughs> right, it depends. On, no. It depends what it stands for. What are you proud of? It's like I don't feel like Norwegians are proud of being of, of Vikings. I might be wrong, but I don't feel like that's the case hmm. at all. See, but but you do still have your cultural identity to a certain degree because italians are like hey i'm italian They're like i'm i'm proud of that you know they're like they they support the culture yeah. you know they have like their wine their pasta the french they're very proud they're like oh i'm french i hate the americans i'm, I'm liking my french culture i'm liking my my i feel like you know germans germans that's what i want to say they don't have it because germans been shamed into not having an identity true. after what hitler did which is understandable but it's like after the second world war Germany lost its face for for everyone else. Like we don't have a German. We're proud of being German because then you're a Nazi, basically. That that's what I mean. So I feel like most other countries they still have their own culture and they're at least somewhat extent proud of being, you know, Norwegian or Danish. That that's what I mean. Yeah. Of course, for the, each and every country, the there comes something in context that, like, you don't, you're not proud of. For for Russia, it's like the the communist thing. Like, you're not proud of being, you know, like a post 
communist country some are though some some some, <laughs> yeah. some are proud of that but like mostly like if you say Probably. like you're russian it's like because russia dominated the whole thing and like protected itself against intruders from from like turkey and other countries for like multiple hundreds of years successfully more or less and then you're proud of being whatever so for germany it's not the case right I mean, I think I think the the most distinctive part of Norwegian culture is the is probably the trust. Uh, I just I saw this article of a Norwegian woman. I think it's a few years back, but she was arrested in the states for leaving her kid, her her baby, outside when she went into a coffee shop, and that's that's what everybody does in Norway when they're on like leave. They they sleep right. outside if they sleep if they're awake they'll right. take them inside of course, but like. If they sleep, they always sleep outside. Yeah. You, you you would not you would not year. do that in Germany. No, and she was arrested for that. And it's the most natural thing ever. Like our kid always sleeps outside, right. and we have we're living in this you know complex with probably hundreds of people, and that thought never crosses our mind. That uh, or I guess it does kind of, but that's uh, yeah, that's what probably one of the best things about Norwegian culture is the is the trust that you can and you actually can trust people most of the time. That's awesome. That's a good quality to have. Coming yeah. back to music, and I appreciate the talk about those things because you know that's important. <laughs> like, it's not only music; it's it's also the culture yeah. and where you come from, what you stand for. That's very interesting too. That's that. All of these reflections kind of intertwine. One hundred percent. Just just, does, just to so. get to know people from other countries and their specialties, what makes them up. That yeah. that's what it's all about in the end. You know that that's what makes up yeah. an artist as, as a whole. Um, that's why I like Lido so much. He's so fucking Norwegian as well. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker. I haven't heard anything about from him in a while. He just released a couple if... tunes, but he's very hard at working for other people. He's producing for Chance the Rapper. He's producing right. for Smith, the you know the son of Will Smith, um, and and so on. So he's but he's so fucking talented. Yeah, he's really good. Anyways, you just released a single. Tell me and us, the audience, more about it. Just a little bit. Yeah, so uh, I just released my fourth single uh, called Fire In My Mind. And yeah, I think this is definitely the most funky track that I've uh, released and probably also uh, the funkiest track I've made so far. <laughs> um, and the furthest from like uh, house and and more like uh, traditional um, pop new disco stuff. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's like it's a bit more funky. Um, this one started like a, just a late night in the studio and I came up with uh, the instrumental quite quickly and uh, yeah, I shared it on, on Instagram. I think that's actually how we uh, met as well or like when we first talked. Yeah, so that's always like really cool when, when you can just put something out and, and get some instant feedback that it's actually cool and yeah, to get some, some motivation to actually finished the track so um right yeah so i so i had the the instrumental for quite a while and then i went back to it and then finally wrote some lyrics and and a melody to it um and yeah and now it's out so so the track is called uh fire in my mind which is uh basically about having people in your life that are not good for you um you know at certain points in your life, you, you have people that are influencing you, even though you're not thinking about them, they can have a, like a really negative influence on you. And uh, so that's something I've, I've experienced, um, lately, uh, which has like, it takes so much en energy. Um, and so, but to me, just writing a song about it, uh, kind of 
helped uh, to put some words on it. Um, and I've ca- kind of like camouflaged it as a as a love story, even though it's not. So yeah, I'm, I'm tr- trying not to tell too much about my personal life here, but that's a bit. Yeah, that's I guess what I'll share on that. Um, but yeah, it's like it's. I really like it when you can kind of mix a darker lyric with with a happy with a happy track, like a feel good feel good track. So uh, yeah, that's that's what I try to do here. Right, it's, it's super dope. It's, it's so catchy. Like I listened to twenty times probably um, when I discovered it, and I put it also in my playlist, which is you know thanks, man. still still playing hot. So cool, thanks. It's good. That, that's what I like about about your shit. It's very close to to mine because you focus on on like the the hookiness, like the the main yeah. chord progression that kind of hits, and then you w- work yep. like backwards from that. Um, and I feel like yes. th- that's why I like the whole thing. And it's closest to me um, because it has this playfulness. It's it's interesting harmonically. It grooves, and then that kind of keeps me there um, and coming back for more. Yeah, it's uh, and you're totally right about the process because I always start with the main drop or the main hook with the chords, and then at this point I'll almost make the track finished instrumental and then i'll make lyrics or and the melody right which is definitely like the total opposite of when i was composing on a guitar or a piano because yeah um uh, yeah so that's that's been interesting i i had to go you know via remixes to get there <laughs> actually <laughs> Def- yeah just be a producer 100 and then i'll go into songwriting mode and right then i'll do that it's, it's easy to remix if you got a done a cappella like you have clean mix a cappella you put it into this whole thing you set up the ppm and then you just yeah see what works harmonically once you nail the main chord progression everything else is kind of easy because oh yeah. this fucking chord progression works it works in the, yeah. in the chorus it kind of works stripped down in, in the verses as well and then you just exactly. add to it slowly so it's a kind it's a cool learning experience yeah yeah a few variations and uh, that's uh, th- that simplicity and uh, is something that i've really grown into and it's taken a while for me i feel like to um to get there because because of my background of of trying to make like a bigger more complex compositions that are like felt like songs you mean you know like yeah like compositions but all i wanted to do now is just make a fucking song like a right. good song you know <laughs> keep it hooky keep it keep it simple it doesn't have to be like this over complicated thing so when's the next single coming um probably uh in like realistically probably six or six or seven weeks probably like closer to summer that's that's nice uh you definitely need like a full month to from from the time the distributor gets it until it's out, and I'm still kind of um, considering like labels and or if I just want to do it myself. Uh, and yeah, we can have a chat chat on that uh, later. I'll send you a few uh, songs and you'll tell me which one I should release. So that, that's also sure. like always 100%. a struggle. One hundred percent. Yeah, I feel like right now I don't know. Like people always ask me like, hey. How do you send out to labels? How do you approach them? But it's like, do you need the label at this stage? Like, when's the stage for you to, to actually approach label? What is it good for? Yeah. What what can the label do for you that you can't do yourself? Because I feel like mostly people people looking are looking for labels to kind of get rid of the whole marketing aspect, kind of throw it on, onto the labels. Like, hey, I want to do the yeah. music and you do the marketing thing, which doesn't work at all. So you got to ask yourself, like, why do you need a label? Of course, it's cool. It's like, hey, I release on 
fool's gold or like kitsune it, it's prestige it's prestige yeah, yeah that's that's kind of a i think i think that's kind of that has its value especially in the start to have that kind of a stamp approval stamp approval kind of a thing not just for yourself but i think i think for for like maybe it's just in my head it feels like it could be nice but but i i totally i totally agree like if you release on a label you still have to do the dirty work yourself you're you still need to do your your instagram marketing and you you still need to do a bunch of other stuff to to push it out i think it definitely is nice to be able to offload some of that but on the other hand when you're in one genre that we are you've probably already gathered all the emails for the blogs and for the playlists right. and and you're building on that as you go. So yeah, that's the question I ask myself all the time. Is it worth it to go with a label? And that's something I guess I'm still figuring out. Uh, but yeah, I think my I'm, I'm landing on kind of a mix. And that's uh, I think that's what you want to do is just experiment a bit and try out and test it on people and right. see and you'll you long term i would i would say be more self-reliant like yeah exactly still like long term be self-reliant self-sufficient so if if a label does crap out on you you're like not destroyed over that it's like oh, okay i kind of have other stuff going on for me yeah and it's for one song i think that's and you own the master and if i'm gonna give some advice it's that like you actually own the master so you can once the contract expires you can do whatever you want with it they don't own it you can take it down if you if you want you, you know you, you at least you have power and uh, you know these 10 year contracts they don't happen much <laughs> these days anyway so no. that's that's good um because then, yeah, if one if if the label boots you, then you're not stuck with them. Even though you're kind of, <laughs> you hear so many stories about that people being kind of frozen out. Yep. So, um, no, definitely. Hundred percent. Yep. All right. Tell us where we can find you. What's your preferred way to being discovered? Um, probably just on Spotify. I think that's that's probably the best way to go. I mean, that's where I have. Uh, most of my songs and the most the songs that I'm proud of. So uh, yeah, Edis on on Spotify, right? Um, Instagram as well. See a picture same. of me with uh, <laughs> with glasses on, <laughs> <laughs> and probably Instagram music by Edis is uh, those are the two main channels. Right, and I put all of the links in the description as usual. So nice. I highly appreciate you being on the podcast. Finally, we did it. Uh, been a pleasure. Been a pleasure to get to know you. Been a pleasure to Likewise. talk to you. And yeah, I wish you lots of success with everything you do. And I'm going to support you as, as much as I can. Thanks, man. I mean, it, it was a pleasure and a privilege to, to be on your show. It was really fun. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot for listening. I appreciate y'all. I hope you liked the episode as much as I love doing it. And please, please follow Edis on Instagram. Please stream his music. It's really good. And yeah, what is else left to say? Again, I appreciate y'all. It would be very nice if you could give me five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify because that would help me get up in the rankings and get even better guests on as usual. I'll see you in two weeks for the next episode. Until then, stay healthy. Bye-bye.